Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And oh man, do we have a lot to get into today after the end of uh, week six. We got two Monday Night Football games that we will get into on our video show. So up at the top, I just want to remind everybody that tomorrow you can check out on Twitter, Uh, On Facebook, we will have a TDN Fantasy live show you can participate in. You can ask us questions. We have two big Monday Night Football games, uh, a 2 o'clock Pacific time kickoff for Bills and Chiefs, so an early one uh, for those of us who are on the West Coast. So we're going to have a nice, uh, nice elongated two-day, two-game on Monday night, which I love. Been a proponent of this for a long time, so I'm excited to get two games tomorrow. So make sure you're following us, TDN Fantasy, on all social media channels. You can watch that video uh, tomorrow. Guys, unfortunately, we got to kick things off with the injury news because that's just kind of how the season has gone. Uh, The position that could not sustain more injuries sustained more injuries, and that is the running back position. Miles Sanders goes down in this game, uh, and, and, and obviously you watch Raheem Mostert on Sunday night football. He leaves the game. You get a kind of an update from Michelle Tafoya, but he doesn't come back in after coming back from an already an issue with his injury. So Jamie, I'll just go to you first. I know you're doing your rankings and you're looking ahead. What's the running back position looking like these days, man? Because, uh, those are two guys that you could count on. And if they're not ready to go, it's going to be really slim moving forward. Yeah, look, Mostert's got a little bit of an extended injury history. Didn't come back in that game tonight. It's too early for us to get any sort of update, but uh, that's not ideal. Uh, neither is Miles Sanders, uh, especially with the game on Thursday night. There are a lot, it's it gets pretty bad pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you start to look at. I've already done some of my rankings for next week, and you're going to see a lot of very interesting names uh, inside of the top 12 or 13 this week that you might not normally see up there. Ronald Jones. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Devin Singletary, uh, some of these guys are going to be in the RB1 territory for next week because of some of this. And you're going to see some very interesting names near the bottom of RB2 range as well, depending on what's going on with Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard's going to be in that conversation. Uh, Boston Scott's going to be near the top 25. I mean, it, it's going to be a very, very strange week. And it's, it's look, we, we knew there was going to be a lack of depth in the position, but I don't think anybody could have anticipated this many injuries to this many prominent running backs right now. If you somehow managed to get through this without many injuries, congratulations. Uh, you have that, that horseshoe or, or four-leaf clover in your pocket. You've gone through it, but almost everybody that is playing fantasy this year has had to overcome a major running back injury. And it's just, it's just the nature of the beast right now. It is really, really tough. So if you do have one of the top backs, you do have the – Camaras or the Derrick Henrys or the Zeke Elliott's of the world, uh, or you didn't panic with James Conner after week one, you're, you're sitting pretty right now just having one of those guys you can really depend on, you know, as top five, top six plays going forward. It's just really rough out there. Yeah, really rough is an understatement. You got a couple of uh, of big tight ends. I know Zach Ertz has obviously been a disappointment, as we've talked about, but Johnny Smith goes down and doesn't play in this game, which is a big loss. The other one, too, is Mark Ingram, and that I know that running back room has been uh, quite the disappointment or more perplexing uh, when you're looking at it and you're trying to figure out what's going to go in week in and week out, Jake. What do you do? 
Yeah, I know. I know you're you're a guy who has some of these guys who have gone down, but I think you're you're gonna have to ride. Hopefully, you listen to the show. Hopefully, you were a TDN fantasy listener coming into this season. Because man, did we preach! And we had no idea. You could not. There's no chance I could have ever predicted what was going to happen this season. But we just looked at the depth of the position to begin with and said, "Not a whole lot here. You better load up on running backs early." Yeah, I mean, it fell off a cliff when we we're talking about the draft. And then you looked at receivers, and you're going, "Oh my God, Jamison Crowder is there in these mock drafts in the 11th round, and Justin Jefferson, and some of these rookies that are playing really well, they're in 12th, 13th. There was no running backs past the sixth or seventh that were worth a damn." Now some of those guys you got later having to play. Uh, Mostert's the one that's killing me. God, he looked so explosive last week and again tonight, and then he gets a freaking other injury, and you're just like, I just want to see this guy healthy. After last year, and he was, he, he was the guy tonight. Like that was He was going to ride that. They were going to ride him. That was it. I wanted to see what he could do in a full game. And boom, there it goes. The, the Baltimore thing, who the hell knows? They're, I mean, when they start, they play the Steelers in two weeks, or next week, is that next week, right? Um Two weeks, yeah, like that. I want to see what happens. Lamar is he's carrying everything. Marquise Hollywood Brown is a two at best. Andrews is kind of like not this phenomenal tight end anymore. He comes in as a receiver and like plays down. Nothing's going on in that running back room. It's all Lamar. Like I, I want to know what happens with that. They blitz like crazy, but then Carson Wentz comes back and backdoor kills us, Jamie, <laughs> on that one. Mm-hmm. But damn near, damn near ties the game. I know. I don't know what's going on, but their running back room, who knows? I would guess they're going to go with the Gus Bus with the with the experience and spell him with Dobbins, but who knows what's going on there? It, it's ugly right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's very ugly. It's also to to Jake's point about the Ravens. I think if you haven't uh, if you haven't checked out the TDN Twitter account or uh, my Instagram or TDN's Instagram, there was a beautiful graphic that we put together at the beginning of the year. And I can recall the comments section and what the comments section looked like when the initial graphic went out. Let's just say the comments section has changed its course recently because the prediction by Jake and quite frankly, this whole show was very high on the Steelers for a very long time. The midway point, I can remember May talking about how, how are the Steelers flying under the radar? We don't understand, blah, 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 right? The point is, the king of the North, the AFC North, is still Big Ben until otherwise noticed. And if you have not seen the graphic, it is worth going to see because our graphics team did an incredible job recreating the Game of Thrones scenario with Big Ben sitting up there at the top. But man, that's a complete football team that's playing really, really good, although that Devin Bush injury is is a big one um, and hopeful that... You know, I don't think he's going to be back playing football this season. I think that's safe to say, but hopefully he he uh, gets himself healthy because um, it was not not a good injury. All right, headlines, guys. Each one of us has a headline coming out of these Sunday matchups. There was plenty uh, plenty to get into and plenty to like. I will let Jake start. Jake, what is your headline coming out of week six? It sure as hell ain't uh, the Bucks could be, or if they do this, they could be, or maybe eventually they'll be this. No, they're pretty damn good. And they kicked the shit out of the Packers from start to finish. Even the 10 points, Aaron Rodgers got out of the pocket. It was Aaron Rodgers made a couple plays. They went down the field. And then it was complete domination. From that point on, you're talking about 38 unanswered points. 54 yards on 41 plays for the Packers after it was 10 to nothing. Yes, I, I said that correctly. Five yep. sacks, two picks. Um it was total domination. The defense was phenomenal. The offense did enough. Ronald Jones, three rushing touchdowns, three rushing 100-yard games in a row, two touchdowns. Phenomenal. Gronk gets the first spike, and it's left-handed because he's playing with a bum shoulder, which I just <laughs> love that he gives he gives us like half-ass left-handed spike. Um, I love him. Look, uh, they, they've lost two games, but they beat themselves twice with penalties and mistakes and that kind of stuff. Zero penalties today. So stop with it that it's coaching. The guys finally got their shit together. They played right. Zero penalties, zero sacks, zero turnovers. They're not losing anybody if that's the case, period. There's nobody in the league they're losing to if they play like that. They show what they're capable of. Now it's time to stack the wins. But that's my headline is there's no more what if you saw it today. When everybody's consensus, number one, was the Packers, who were 4-0 with the number one offense in the league, got their asses kicked at Raymond James. By the way, B.A., 4-0 against Aaron Rodgers since 2012. 
Uh, that's a hell of a stat. Uh, first and foremost, that's a, that's a, that's a 360 windmill. If I ever heard one, uh, just cramming on your ass, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, there was this moment in time, as everybody on this podcast knows where I was flirting with like this, I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of liking Aaron Rodgers on this FU tour, blah, blah, blah. Everything I know that the earth was off its axis and now it's back on. It's, it is finally, we've tilted right in the, in the right direction because there is nothing that I enjoyed more than watching him, one, get his touchdown celebration after the celebration get taken away. Okay, first of all, he celebrates the touchdown and then the touchdown comes back because it wasn't a touchdown. Okay, and then after that, there's 38 unanswered points that are scored against Aaron Rodgers. So as much as the entire internet, right, wanted that and I read and I quote tweeted Bleacher Report because they they were really quiet after they put that up right it's key and pill key and peels three pump blah 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 all this stuff they put it up and then I said and then what happened and then what happened because it was an ass whooping after that (laughs) yeah it was it was an ass whooping and I think Jamie a a cell maybe a sub headline here is Bucks defense on national radar Right. I think that's where for me, like at halftime, they go to the half and Michael Strahan is talking about Levante David and mispronounces his name. Okay. First and foremost, doesn't even say it correctly. And then goes, this guy is a star. And I tweeted it on purpose and I like Michael a lot, but Levante David has been a star in this league for a long time. And if you are just now coming to the party, you have not been watching football. So I think my sub-headline from what Jake said is the national media now knows what the defense is because Aaron Rodgers and that offense, they were the number one. They were the number one offense across the board, and they were not a factor in three quarters of this game. Yes, and the fact of the way the, the schedule broke there, that was essentially a primetime game. There were two yes. games. It was the Fox national game where literally every single market in the country on their Fox station had the Packers Buccaneers game. So everybody got a chance to see it. They weren't very distracted by the Jets Dolphins game at all. Uh, <laughs> but we've been telling you for a while, uh, it, it, this isn't new news. This is just, it takes national media and some people on Twitter a long time to catch up to bust a narrative that was really born in about a month and a half of the early portion of last season. This defense, since about week seven or eight, whenever I keep joking, the post Vernon Hargreaves era, it's not all him. It just happens to be when that switchover was made with the young guys take over and secondary. This has been a, not a good, not a great, an elite defense since that point in time. We are now almost a full calendar year of elite defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's about damn time people have caught up. And, they, and I, I'm very curious to hear what the narrative is this week because everybody watched that game. Everybody saw it. It's Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams was back. I, where, where are the excuses going to come this week? I, I can't see it. You know what I'm excited for, Jamie? I'm excited for Pat McAfee's interview with Aaron Rodgers because you know what? It's real easy to be smug on a Tuesday when you're coming off a big victory. What's Aaron going to look like when he got his ass whooped? I'm, I'm being totally honest. Aaron is really good at winning, but he is not a good loser, and there were multiple moments of that during this game. No, but he's always been really good at taking it on the chin when he does and going, they kicked our ass. He will straight I'm, Belichick you and go, we got outplayed. They hit me in the mouth. I didn't know what I was seeing. He'll say all that, and he'll be smug. he won't be smug. He'll be pissed off, <laughs> and he'll be short, and Pat will have to ask some questions because he'll get some one-word answers. I do want to add, it doesn't mean jack shit. Because now you got two weeks of, of prime time again. You got at the Raiders Sunday night with everybody watching again, and you got at the Giants on Monday night. Two games you should win. The Raiders have won some big wins, but the way you're playing right now after today, you go in there and not make those mistakes. You should kick their ass, and then you should dominate the Giants on Monday night football. And now we're talking about six and two, something different. I also want to add, Jason Light does it again. It kind of went under the radar. Uh, nobody knew about it till after the game. So, trade for Steve McClendon after you lose Vita Vea. Uh, Nacho played his ass off, but you add another monster run-stopping veteran that knows Todd Bowles' defense is going to be in here this week. It's probably not going to practice with the stupid COVID stuff, but he's probably going to go ahead and suit up next week because he already knows what he's doing. And a phenomenal addition. Yes, he's old, but he knows the defense, and he's a phenomenal yep. run-stopper. You're not asking him to go start. You give up a six-round pick because you're all in. I thought it was a phenomenal job by Jason that kind of flew under the radar and kind of broke after the game. 
Yeah, phenomenal job by Jason. And if I were counting the pettiness level of NFL Twitter, I would count Jason Light at the top of the list, brother. You know what? I love to see it. I love it because you know what? If you're going to put yourself out there, you better be ready to take it back. And if you're going to have strong takes, you better be ready to, to, to combat them. And man, oh man, I absolutely love the pettiness from Jason Light. So you go on, dude. I, I'm all here. I am all here for it. Jamie, your headline coming out of Sunday's slate of games. So let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings for a minute because this was a very let's hot do topic it. on Twitter. Uh, yes, they're bad right now. That, that's clear. But the issue that here's where the real life and the business side of things clash with the fan initial reaction to things. Uh, my <laughs> scrolling through Twitter during the game as the Falcons were taking a 20 nothing lead in the halftime was, Mike Zimmer's is on the hot seat. They have to, they have to tr- get rid of Kirk Cousins. They have to do all this other stuff. So, no. Here's, what, here's the deal with it. Here's the real life. Let's not even talk about the football aspect. Let's talk about the real life business aspect of it. Mike Zimmer just signed a three-year extension. He's not going anywhere. Okay? And it's not his fault that the cap was mismanaged to the point where he had basically lost half a starting defense. And they don't have any players to account for that. Two... The Kirk Cousins contract extension, which, again, I still need to remind people, yes, we can talk all we want about whether Kirk Cousins is worth this, not worth it. The extension that happened this offseason was to get them cap compliant. They had to do something to give them any opportunity to field a somewhat competitive team. They have failed in that task, clearly, so, so far through the first month and a half of the season. But in the attempt to do so, they had to extend Kirk Cousins. They, they were, there was no way they were going to be able to get in the season done uh, with him on his current contract from before. Three, based on the deal that he has now, which was fully guaranteed, his 2022 salary becomes completely $35 million becomes completely guaranteed in March. So they have two options here. They can cut him and it, it, just before that time and eat into more of their cap space, take a negative cap space hit for that on top of everything else. Or Oh, well, by the way, if they do that, Ziggy Wolf has to then send $35 million for Kirk Cousins to not play for him in cash. Write him a $35 million check to not play football for them and then go not out and find somebody else. It's not happening. Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings in 2021, and he's going to be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings in 2022, barring injury. That, it, it is what it is. This is the, they went all in a few years ago. We discussed this all in the offseason. It still applies now. When they made the Kirk Cousins signings before, when they switched over from Case Keenum to Kirk, they made that decision and they structured his contract as such. They were going all in on that Super Bowl window at the time. That window has now slammed shut. The rest of the roster, as you can see, has been depleted because of that. that they went all in with it. They didn't quite get there. And then they had to, be, then they had to pay the piper. And they're still going to be paying the piper the next couple of years. This is it. Like, this is what the team is going to be going forward. Like, there's not... There's not just, oh, well, just go, go get another quarterback. Well, they can't. Now, if they want to draft somebody and groom them for a year or two, sure, great. But they're not moving on from Kirk Cousins. They, they cannot move on from Kirk. The money, the cap right now, and the actual dollars do not make sense. And if you think right now any NFL owner is going to spend a $35 million <laughs> to take any player off of their roster to not play for them, you're insane. Done. Jamie, you're, you're, and Rand, you remember when we were talking about the Matthew Stafford stuff, right? Going into the, going into the draft and everybody was going, oh yeah, at three, they're going to look at two. And we said, have you seen Stafford's contract? Cause that's not happening. That's not happening. It's not happening. They're going, oh, we're going to trade. No, the trade clause is, it's not happening. Read the contracts. These are the scenarios that play out. And guess what? Yes, it might be bad. And yes, the Vikings are playing bad football. This is an embarrassing loss against the Atlanta Falcons team who has shown no life against anybody. I understand. But you're not one. You're not firing Mark Zimmer. It's not happening. Like Jamie, three-year extension. We've talked about Zimmer in different moments for being on the hot seat. You bring up the best point here. And I think, Jake, this is where I'd like your kind of like sub-headline coming out of this one is... This is more on Spielman to me than it is on Zimmer because they haven't been able to structure this team to get through this period of time because they knew they knew what was coming. They looked ahead and said, okay, we've got this time 
and the contracts are expiring and we're going to have to pay Kirk this. So that's on the GM to me more than it is on Mike Zimmer or Kirk Cousins, who should not be blamed for signing good contracts for him, for himself. Hell no. Kirk Cousins should be blamed for any of it. Didn't Spielman get an extension with Zim? Didn't they, didn't so. they both get extended? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we talked about it at the time. I talked about ownership going, I'm not getting anybody better than Zim. I understand that cap situation's jacked up, and I probably okayed the fact that we went all in on the Super Bowl. We screwed up the cap, and now we got to ride this out. I'm gonna give both you guys extensions and see if we can't get it fixed by the time of your end of yours. I got to extend you again or fire you. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it because there's no way ownership didn't understand that and didn't sign off on what they were doing. It is on Spielman. He's the GM. It falls on him. It's his job. But for GMs to get a lot of this stuff approved, the ownership goes yes or no. Right. When, especially when it comes to Jamie's talking about real dollars, because the, the cap is the cap. That's all in a budget. When you start talking about real dollars, that's when you start talking about billionaires ain't paying nobody to not work. That ain't how it works. They didn't get to be billionaires by being stupid. They ain't paying people to not work for them. It ain't happening. So when you start going as a GM, hey, uh, can I get $35 million to cut Kirk Cousins? <laughs> you can go fly a kite, dude. I don't know what else to tell you, but no not gonna happen yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a big fat no so vikings fans um i will continue to tap dance on you for the rest of the season because uh told you so told you so told you so uh this team was not going to be good their roster is not good they had way too much turnover and the people that thought that this team was going to be okay after all these defensive players left apparently haven't watched this team closely over the last few years, because when they have had had success, that has is what has worked for them period. And it's not working any longer. They're not a hard team to go up against. And Kirk cousins, He's, he's, he is who he is. I hate like that. He is who he is. He's always been this guy who's good, but not great. And he, he's just average. Like that's, that's just, yeah, he's going to have okay moments, but the record against 500 teams is not a joke. It is there for a reason, and it is the thing you go to. I think if I went back to it, at one point it was 4-24. and 24, It's probably 5-28 and 28 now. Like, it, it's just he's not good against good teams. And if you're a great quarterback, you beat good teams. But he, good for you, dude. You got signed. It's not his fault that they gave him all that money and decided to move away from Case Keenum. You want to be pissed off at somebody, be pissed off at the front office. They're the ones that made the decision to move on. I mean, I that 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 is what it is. So, sorry, Vikings fans. It's this is what you are stuck with inevitably. So you better you better get comfortable in the bottom of that division because that's where I think you are going to stay for the remainder of this year. Uh, okay, I'm going to call an audible because I was going to talk about the Bears, but I'll leave them for my final thoughts. My headline here is Ryan Tannehill. Just two words, Ryan Tannehill. Um, he deserves a lot of credit for the way that he played and brought this team back in this football game. That last drive was stuff we talk about in the Russell Wilson magician s category where you're going, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. No timeout, 12 seconds, runs up, gets despite, like gets the ball, throws an absolutely perfect pass to A.J. Brown to, to tie the game up. That is, you talk about special, that was special. That was what top-tier quarterbacks in the league do. He did that in a moment where the game definitely didn't go as it should have, and there's a lot of reasons for that, I think. But at the end of the day, they win and they cover. So what do great teams do? Great teams cover. They win and cover. God bless you, Titans. Thank you very much for helping me against the spread over uh, time because we like that one. I think that was a lock as well. Uh, so very happy to see that one uh, run its course. But all jokes aside, Ryan Tannehill was a guy who took a lot of flack in Miami, a lot of flack. Um, and I think we talked about this with the Adam Gase effect, right? Like Players get away from him and no, no, no more than this one, right? You see what Ryan Tannehill has done. And we talked about it a little bit on the last show where, you know, Jamie was giving credit to Jake for saying, I thought he was going to do it. But there were a lot of people that were on Jamie's side that were saying, I don't know, because we haven't seen him do it at the longevity that he's doing it now. But this is a, if he plays like this and they have their full set of weapons, right? 
if they've got AJ Brown and they've got this and they've got this this team out there and Derrick Henry's playing like he's playing, this is a this is a football team that is not going to go away. Uh, I I don't anticipate that. So my my headline is Ryan Tannehill. That's it. I'm not giving it to anybody else on that on that game because I think he deserves to stand alone at the top of the headline. You guys got any sub headlines you want to talk about from that one? Because I think it was it was a fun man. It was a fun game to watch. Like it was all over the map, but it was a fun game to watch for sure. If Tannehill is going to play at that level, then he can overcome that. That defense is not very good. Um, John U. Smith's going to hurt, but AJ Brown being back, and I told you, I thought this was the week that I really felt like Derrick Henry was finally going to pop. It goes for two hundred ninety-four yard touchdown. But you're exactly right. The guy that's making them tick. And the guy that they paid before they paid Derrick Henry was Ryan Tannehill. The coaching staff fits his skill set and his personality perfectly. The city of Nashville, smaller market, smaller franchise. It just kind of fits exactly who he is in his career right now. And he's taking full advantage of it. And he's playing at an absolute elite level. And he can overcome that defense for the most part because they're not very good over there. Yeah, and I think that's the big reason why like, you're going to see these numbers that you're seeing now is that Tennessee last year wasn't a great defense, but they were, they were very bend but don't break. And they would bend, but they wouldn't break very often. They're bending, they're breaking, they're getting twisted in knots all over the place now. Uh, it, it is not a good defense in a league now that we're like four teams play defense. It, it's remarkable. But Tannehill's been able to have this much success, and he was able to overcome some adversity in this game as well. He had an interception. He, he took a bad sack in this game when they were going late. Like Things, things looked like they were spiraling out of control uh, in that second half for a lot of that portion of it, and he was able to bring that team back, uh, making the call not to spike the ball there as, as the clock's running, and just run up to the line and decide to call a play and throw it up to A.J. Brown. Just r- remarkable stuff there. Uh, and, and I think it symbolized Deshaun Watson kind of symbolized every Texans fan thought when they saw them lose the coin toss there in overtime, where you just kind of <laughs> see him go like, <sighs> you know, it was like the opposite of the Matt Hasselbeck um, play from overtime. So it, it was is just it was amazing performance. Him, Derrick Henry are just clicking on all cylinders. Adam Humphreys deserves a lot of credit too in this game. Uh, he has been really good for them this year, and is a real strong complimentary piece that they can use along with AJ Brown, a short intermediate guy. Uh, Ferkser stepped up. Uh, when John Smith went down. So they, they have a lot of guys there that are a lot of solid players on that offense. They're just clicking on all cylinders right now. Yeah, some good team chemistry going on down there. Uh, I think you see across the board, they, the, yeah, I, every time they pan to the sideline, man, it's like the whole team looks like they're just having the best time of their lives. Like They just look like a team that just, I think it, if you've been around Rabel, and I have been, he's just got this kind of persona that fits that team like he just fits them and they just kind of are the you know for the boys thing that has happened with with will compton and and taylor luan it fits that whole team it's kind of this us against you know everybody else mentality they're a smaller market team that nobody kind of really talks about and they beat had some big wins last year so it 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 all kind of clicks together um but i'm enjoying watching it and 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 was uh it was a very 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 good performance for Ryan Tannehill. All right, studs and duds guys. Uh let's start with the dud and with the stud. We'll each go through the dud performance of the week. Jake, you first. Who is your dud this week? Mike Jasicki. Dude, you threw a goose egg in two leagues for me. I, I, you, you knew they were going to dust the Jets. You knew my boy Fitzmagic was going to go off. Nothing? Zero? Yeah. Nothing? Big surprise. It's not like they got a big and they ran it down your throat, but nothing? Like Devontae Parker didn't do much either. Like It was that easy of a win, but nothing? Wow. That was, that was a big-time dud this week. Big, big dud. Jamie, you're a dud this week. Yeah, and, and former Bears great Adam Shaheen gets, gets in the end zone instead for Miami in that game. Uh, my dud, it's been this week and it's been for most of the season, and it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, I know he's playing hurt. I know he's playing through that ribs injury. But they have been – and I think actually Brentley put it best uh, in a tweet he put out today. They have been winning in spite of Baker Mayfield, not because of. And I think we've mentioned that on the show a few different times, but it's become really evident in this game. He was really bad. Uh, and when they're playing up against a, a great team like Pittsburgh on the road, they can't overcome that, especially without Nick Chubb. It's, just, it's not going to happen. Uh, he's been bad. Uh, it's an issue. Uh, he has regressed considerably since his rookie season. Um, and I don't know – again, I want to see him come back healthy and, and see what he does. But 
Uh, I have a lot of questions now because now we have seen more bad Baker Mayfield in the NFL than good Baker Mayfield in the NFL. We're just looking at a pure game by game standpoint and I'm not saying I'm giving up on them. I'm not saying all that stuff yet. I'm saying it is on my radar of a something both for fantasies and soon QB leagues. You should have already, he should have already been dropped. If you haven't already drop him now, uh, you can't really do much in two QB leagues. Everybody has to be owned, but uh, he, there are going to be some long-term questions. Uh, about Baker Mayfield and whether or not he's going to be the true QB of the future there. And again, you have to remember uh, that regime is still different, uh, especially at the head coaching spot than it was when he was drafted. So and GM. there's some long-term questions to be answered there too. Yeah, that's the definitely some long-term questions to be answered there. My dud performance uh, was Alexander Madison. Guys, this was not what we wanted to see uh, from him. I think everybody collectively in the fantasy community was – excited but for good reason uh we've seen him in the past come in for dalvin cook and play that role the problem is when you go down like you go down in this game you are forced to throw the football they were forced out of what they want to do very early because atlanta took a big lead and that forced them to go away from alexander madison so i i understand the concern right if dalvin cook does miss another week and you have to play alexander madison I don't anticipate that this is how you're going to see this, but listen, if this Vikings team starts to really give up and, and this does become a trend, then this is going to be something that you're going to have to worry about, not only with Alexander Madison, but also with Dalvin cook, if, and when he comes back, right? Because if you're, if this team starts to really turn into a bad pumpkin and uh, listen, if you're, they're in a bad spot now. I want to see how this team bounces back. I do think with Mike Zimmer as the head coach, they are not going to just fold. But, man, losing to this Falcons team is not going to be good for morale moving forward. So it's definitely something we will have to monitor because a lot of people have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and can't afford for this to be a guy that you count on moving forward if it's just sometimes bad football teams. You just can't count on their best players, um, especially when in, you, when they put you in positions like this. I'll so. give you, I'll give you a little ray of hope. Not many teams have the firepower like the Falcons to jump on your yes. ass if they're clicking it's on exactly an all cylinders. Right. So you should still be able to run it some, but they in got theory. they just got hit in the, yeah, yeah in theory right. So like hopefully they're not the defense isn't that bad, but not everybody has that kind of firepower. And no, you're let's you're not see. Turning it over that early in games, like right away. I mean, yeah, in the blink exactly. of an eye, they were down ten nothing. Like, I mean, yeah. it's as problem, again as somebody that watched the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers at times. Like mm-hmm. that that weird shift when your quarterback just puts you in a bad spot right away, and you're already down double digits. Like three minutes into the and you're game, you're not built to come in, back. You're built like the Ravens right to play from ahead. Yeah, like you're, yeah. yeah, you're you just can't do it. They have a bye week next week, right, the Vikings, so another Mm -hmm. opportunity. I I assume that going into that Sunday, they play at Green Bay, that Dalvin Cook will be back for that game, Um, just based off of kind of the timeline or what we know as of right now. But at Green Bay is not going to be an easy challenge for this football team, that is for certain, Um, especially coming off of Green Bay. Obviously, they're going to play a game next week because they've already had their bye week, but – I don't, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of ass whoopings on Green Bay um, after they just took one on the chin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, Jake, your stud performance of the week. My stud was the team we were just talking about, Justin Jefferson. And not all of it was in trash time, which I like from a football perspective. But this kid's turning into a damn stud. Feeling solid game, but Justin Jefferson was the guy. I mean, a huge day. Uh, and a lot of it was kind of trash, but when they were starting to come back, it really wasn't him. That's more when Thielen got involved. Um, but monster day for him. He puts up like 30 points, 29 points, whatever it was. Um, just huge day. And I just love the all-around way that the rookie is playing. Uh, on the team that we were just talking about maybe going in the tank, he looks pretty damn good. Definitely a bright spot for Minnesota Vikings fans is that draft pick. He has been very, very good thus far. Um, And people that have him in fantasy should also be very excited about him. Jamie, your stud performance of the week. Yeah, it's too bad uh, Philadelphia couldn't use a player like that. Uh, My stud performance of the week would be, uh, it was going to be Derrick Henry, but I'm going to switch just because we already talked about him a little bit. I'm going to go with it. Finally happened, guys. It finally happened. We got the DeAndre Swift breakout game we've been (laughs) predicting and hoping and praying for for like weeks now. Uh, Looked really good. Finally got in the end zone. 14 carries for 116 yards, two touchdowns. 
looked explosive. Uh, they ran with him. They, you know, he got a, more of a 50-50 split with Peterson, uh, but he looked really good. And guess who he gets next week? The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe we're starting. Again, Peterson's still going to be involved, as he should be. Uh, but Swift was the far more explosive player in this game. And uh, this is about the time where I thought, in theory, going back to the preseason, where I thought he would start to be used a little bit more going forward to the back half of the fantasy football regular season. Hopefully he can bet he can uh, double up on this performance next week against Atlanta because that defense is very beatable, as we can see. Because even late in that game, the Vikings were doing some things offensively. But this is a very beatable team, and I don't expect the Lions to – and look, even if the Lions do get behind in this game, they can fight back. It's yes, Stafford they can. a lot better than the, than the Vikings can fight back with Cousins right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Show me a Matt Ryan and that Atlanta Falcons offense at their fullest capacity against Matthew Stafford and that offense against his fullest capacity. Like show me, show me offense at a high level. Cause both teams, when they're clicking the UC offense at a high level, especially those matchups defense, not being played at a high level. So hopefully we get both of those guys to showcase what they do best. Cause man, underappreciated, understated for, for many years, uh, both guys, especially Stafford. So we'll see what we get and what the over under is in that game when it comes out. All right. My stud performance and Jamie, you talked about it a little bit, but I wanted to get into it because he is available in so many leagues. Right. And I think people that have been relying on flex spots, um, or even have just not wanted to turn away from some of the more flashy or well-known names in, in football. Adam Humphreys has been playing very good in every game that he's been in. This this week, obviously, six for 64, a touchdown. He gets you 18, um, just a little over 18 points. Um, but he's, his splits have been 10, 15, 8. He sits out and then goes 18. So he's been consistent. Like He gets you 10 points plus every week. And if you're somebody like myself who had T.Y. Hilton, who's been really disappointed, right? I know it pains you to sit T.Y. And quite frankly, the referees stole so many points from him today. It is outrageous. Like multiple catches that were that were taken away, a touchdown that was taken away. And I feel for him because, man, he was frustrated uh, and he showed it in this game. But Anthony Miller, another one that you're excited about, but just isn't doing it consistently. Scotty Miller, who's had back-to-back bad performances. Adam Humphreys is available in like 90% of leagues. He should be starting over all those guys, like all of them. And and I I know that that pains you. It pains me. I wanted T.Y. to be a thing this year. Phil the Phil is just not going to him, okay? Like fifth. <laughs> Phil went full fill in the, in the back half of this game and totally won this football, which was amazing and so fun to watch and incredible. But he threw to Pascal and everybody else not named T.Y. Hilton. And the three times that he went to T.Y. Hilton, it's like they got bad juju because all of them got taken back. Literally, some and phantom calls, but it, that's just how it goes. So um, if you have any of those guys, I would suggest playing Adam Humphreys, who – coming off the injury, taking a week off, or he was on the COVID list. So he's he's back and he was he's playing and he was phenomenal in this performance. So very excited to have him moving forward. All right, guys, final thoughts on today's pod. We are going to get into, as I said, there are two Monday night matchups. I know a lot of people are waiting for, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got a lot of fantasy value coming into that first game tomorrow. Or just, just that matchup in general, uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, but love having two Monday night games. So be sure to watch us tomorrow on our Monday night video, or on a Monday, I should say day, because it's not, not nighttime where we are, or at least where two of the three of us are uh, in Arizona. It'll be uh, around noon Pacific time where we're going to shoot so that way we can get it in before the before the football games kick off at 2 p.m our time i'm glad you brought that up because i, I looked on the schedule uh for monday football and i was like oh 4 p.m like that doesn't seem too weird and i remembered oh yeah now i live in the central time zone that is very weird <laughs> like, just- i looked at that and went uh yeah that's uh that's gonna be an early one but you know what i'm not gonna complain love having football in general love having two football games but we got kansas city buffalo as as the appetizer, although that should 
be the primetime game if we're being honest. And the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys play after that. But it very listen, low-key very excited to see the Red Rifle out there slinging it around with Kyler Murray and plenty of fantasy implications in that one. So we will break that down alongside the the gambling implications going into that game. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Final thoughts on today's pod. My final thoughts are, and we didn't get a chance to talk much about this game, but I wrote about this in my 20 thoughts column, which you can check out at draftnetwork.com. Uh, it's time we stop considering, and by the way, I've been on the stream for a couple of weeks now, but it's time we stop considering Cam Newton, a QB one. Uh, Thank you. He is not playing well at all. Uh, he, again, his rushing is saving his day. He had 76 yards and touchdown on the ground, uh, but he has been abysmal through the air. Um, he's failed to throw for more than 162 yards in any game this year as a grand total of two passing touchdowns. So if he is not running, if he doesn't score on the ground with his legs, he's not scoring aside from that Seattle game, like the, where it's the historically bad Seattle secondary, he would lit it up every other game this year. It's not happening. Uh, I, to me, he's going to be that. We like told you so. Yep. To me, even with bye weeks, he's a mid to low level QB two. Like he's going to be in that like 16 to 19 range of quarterbacks. And if he gets you a rushing touchdown, you'll be okay. And if he doesn't, he's going to cost you your fantasy matchup. Uh, it, it is, it, we need to, and, and I know I didn't, didn't get to defend my underdog of the week on, on the show, uh, on the TDN against the spread show when I picked Denver plus 10. Uh, but one, I, but, I thought Locke was going to play. Talk about it, brother. Talk about it. So what well, I thought Locke was going to play, which turned out maybe not, was not a good thing in the way that, tried to blow that game late in the fourth quarter. I don't know what was going on there with him. But a big reason why is I think we need to adjust our view on what this Patriots team is. They are at best an eight-win team. The Denver Broncos, with Drew Locke, even without Sutton and some of the guys that they're missing, they're probably a six-ish win team. A six-win team shouldn't be 10-point underdogs to an eight-win team. Period. End of story. Uh, Now the Patriots couldn't have won that game, but they didn't need to be this big of underdogs. Even without Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay had a really big game here. Uh, it just, to me, the big takeaway is with Cam Newton is you got to look past the name value. You got to look past that big primetime game he had against the Seahawks when they were allowing 500 yards to everybody. And you have to realize that again, outside of that one game, hasn't even got near 200 passing yards, has two different games with one touchdown, two games with zero passing touchdown. It's not good. There are so, and if you're in a single QB league, there are so many options available to you on a weekly basis. He's not going to be a top 15 quarterback unless he gets the absolute best of matchups. Like, yeah, when he plays the Jets again, sure. But, like, yeah. otherwise, like, he's, he's going to be this guy that is just – you're probably going to have a better option on your waiver wire or bench every single week now. It's – uh, listen, I hate – we – I shouldn't say I hate because I, I enjoy. I, I really – I shouldn't even pretend to lie for a moment. I love being right, and I love tap dancing on everyone. And this is another one that we told you so. And more so, I think, specifically to the people that have continued to tell me, including today when I got told that Colin Kaepernick should be signed to the Chicago Bears, who we literally have not watched play football in four years, which makes absolutely no sense. The team is 5-1. and one. I like, I can't, I, I don't know what to tell you. I understand that people are upset that the team's five and one, but like telling me that Cam Newton should be signed. Wh- what is Cam Newton showing me that does, that he would be an upgrade? He, they literally called plates for Julian Edelman, multiple as in more than one where Julian Edelman was throwing the football. Who can Julian Edelman might actually be a better throwing quarterback than Cam Newton. And I'm not joking. I'm being totally 100% serious. And I understand that Cam Newton might be the best receiver on the team. That also might be true, which is a big problem. That is also a problem. But everything that got said about like, listen, I, I understand you want to make fun of Ryan Pace. There's a lot of things to make fun of him for, man. There's plenty of material. One of them is not the, the signing of Cam Newton. That is not one to make fun of him for. That's literally Andy Dalton. Time will tell, but that might be one I want to dunk on Ryan Pace for. If he goes out and balls out with the Cowboys, that might be one I go back and go, you know what? $3 million. Look at what you're seeing. That might've been a good signing. Cam Newton, not one of them. So I know that wasn't my final thoughts, but like I have been told so many times, like I have probably hundreds of tweets about, the Bears are so stupid for not signing Cam Newton. No, they're not. They're very smart for not signing Cam Newton. Those are the facts. Look at what he is. He's not a good 
quarterback anymore, guys. He's just not. I'm sorry. He's never been a good quarterback. He's been a very unique yeah. NFL player that had success right. in a great system. He was never a great quarterback. No. And where are all the where are all the pundits now that he's already got comeback player of the year locked up and he's going to win the MVP? I don't hear any of you tripping. You are all tripping your asses off when he gets stuck to the goal line in Seattle. I don't hear any of you now. I don't hear any MVPs for Cam. By the way, he's in fourth or fifth for comeback player of the year. And that was against Denver, guys. The context matters. That is not a good football team they just lost to. That is a below-average football team they just lost to at home. What happens when you play a legitimate defense? What happens when you play a legitimate quarterback on the other side of the football? Good luck. You're not going to look like that. They thought they would cover this. Is the only reason I disagree with Jamie. One, I didn't. I didn't know Locke was had that good of a chance to play. Two, I didn't think they'd have a hundred-yard rusher on Belichick's defense in New England. Philip Lindsay comes back and runs for a hundred on you. That's that's just about as embarrassing as how bad Cam was. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, because that defense has been very middle of the pack rushing defense. It hasn't been as dominant as it was. And look, you just played a team at home that scored zero touchdowns and turned the ball over twice. And you lost by a touchdown. Like that, that's the reality of the situation. Like who on New England? Again, we can talk about opt-outs. We can talk about all the other stuff. Free agent leaving. Who on New Nobody England? Nobody else was talking about that after they lost to Seattle, Jamie. When when Cam was winning MVP yeah, and the, exactly the, the Patriots right. are back and but, they're winning the MVP. Nobody else was talking about that then. The 2020 New England Patriots that came in the season, who were they missing today? Michelle? That was it. Damian Harris is back. Jack Mason? Like, I mean, and they lost at home to a team that scored no touchdowns and to turn, turn the ball over twice. Like, I, I, this is not a good football team. They're an okay football team. That is all New England is, is an okay football team. That is and, it. It's sitting behind and, the Miami Dolphins and the ASE standings, by the way. Who would you rather play right now? Oh, I'd rather play the Patriots. 100% would rather play the Patriots. Absolutely. I ain't trying to I ain't yeah. trying to go mess with Fitz Magic going it all over the place. Way easier to defend. Very easy to defend because Cam can't do anything. Ryan Fitz Magic has a bunch of guys he's throwing to and feels comfortable with. They can run the football. They have been playing really good defense. But like the, to, to Jamie's point here about just like the okayness and this overall thing with the Patriots. This is from NFL Research on Twitter. The Patriots are below 500 through five games for the first time since 2001 when Tom Brady led the team to its first of six Super Bowls. So if you think that Bill was just going to ride this out without Tom, oh boy, were you wrong. Like this is, this is case in point. I don't need to play any more games. This, they literally just snapped a 18-year streak. Like this is to Denver who is a meh football team at best. Like, you were not going to just go on by and go, you know what, Belichick's so smart. He's so smart. He outsmarted the entire league. He outsmarted the whole league and signed Cam Newton to this great deal. And they're just gonna, they're just gonna move on from Tom Brady and nobody's gonna everybody's just gonna forget about Tom Brady. Go to hell. Literally. You think you're gonna forget about the quarterback that won you six freaking Super Bowls? That just the mindset that has been happening over the last two months has been nauseating to watch. And I don't even like New England. Like, I don't want them to be like, it's no, like, I, I didn't I, want I, you guys to, I, it's put me in this weird position. Cause I'm like, I don't understand why I f like, I'm just watching it all going, you guys realize how good you had it. Right. Like, could you just, no, they think? don't, they don't have a clue. They, they don't. Apparently not. There's nothing Apparently not. Aside from my own joy, there's nothing brings me more joy than the sorrow of Boston sports fans just in general across the board. Um, it just, just real, I just revel in it. Uh, but there's just been, again, this goes back to the narratives. I know I feel like I'm a broken record, but these narratives are so hard to break. They establish what the league wide conversation is. Yes. And, and we want to set these narratives so early and, and so often. And like after week one, after two weeks, after, you know, Cam Newton, I guess, like Jay said, after the Seattle game, where, you know, Cam Newton's, the, Cam Newton's 100% back. He's better than ever. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's the MVP. Everybody else in the league is so dumb. And, uh, the Patriots are going to win the division again. Uh, it's like nobody wants to ever sit back and, like, let things play out or think beyond a one-game or two-game sample size or think that, you know, look in New England that not only did they lose Tom Brady, they lost basically their entire linebacking core. They lost pieces in the interior of their defensive line. They lost pieces in the secondary. They got worse along the offensive line. 
This is a team that lost a ton of pieces, a ton of starters off of this team. They were not anywhere near, even regardless of the quarterback situation, anywhere near as good as they were in years past. And then they've taken a downgraded quarterback. I, I don't care who's the coach. I don't care who, it doesn't matter. This is an eight, this is at best an eight win team at best. And the only reason is because they're coached by Bill Belichick. Yep. They were coached by like league, you know, John Q head coach. This is a five or six win roster. Maybe. And it still might be. Yeah. And this is what, listen, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in tandem masked this, right? This roster last year was not very good either. We looked at this roster across the board, especially on offense. And we went, man, this is a bad offense. Like, and that's why all the stuff that happened around Tom Brady, it's amazing how Tom looks fine when he isn't in an offense that's anemic. Yeah, it's, a, it's incredible what happens when you have weapons to throw to. But, Jake, I'll let you go. Your final thoughts. Well, I was, I'm, I'll get into that in a second. Just to Jamie's point, like, just because I'm dipshit producer, talk some idiot talent on ESPN and their East Coast bias and their New England bias, that that's your narrative, it gets shoved down the entire country's throat. And if you yep. don't think that's a thing, then you're a freaking idiot and just turn the channel or just love everything that ESPN has to say. Because their producers tell their talent what to say, and they run with it. And there's damn sure at East Coast and a New England bias. That's where they're at. Bristol, Connecticut's not very far from Foxboroughs. So there you go. My final thoughts are going to be the parody of the league, guys. Feels like it's a, maybe an all-time high. You have a couple horrendously bad teams, but even a couple of them that we thought that – I mean, Jacksonville and Cincinnati are probably still bottom four teams. You don't really want to play them. Like Gardner Minshew plays a good again to get freaking Burrow backdoors. They backdoor. He freaking led this whole damn thing, and Phillip Rivers got him. Uh, the league feels good. The Niners step up and kick the hell out of the Rams tonight. Didn't see that coming. I said that they'd score some points. Kyle Shanahan would scheme it up, but great defensive game plan from Robert Sala, who I busted last week. He looked phenomenal. Good bounce back for him. I mean, if the Packers were the consensus number one, they got the shit beat out of them. Like, I, this is going to be really interesting. I cannot wait. I can because I want all the football I can get, but I can't wait till we get to like Thanksgiving. Yeah. <sighs> You know, the Chiefs have that lost to the Raiders last week. They're on a big – it's going to be really interesting to see by the time we get to Thanksgiving what this NFL landscape looks like and if there are any running backs left on the field. Totally agree with you. Excited to get there. But, man, Monday night, this upcoming – if you're listening to this on Monday morning, this Bills-Chiefs game has a lot of implications. Both teams coming off of bad losses that they were not supposed to lose in. They were favorites in both of those games. I'm really looking at this going, okay, if you're the top-tier – AFC teams that we think you are, let's see something. And that doesn't mean one of these teams has to lose, right? I, I get that. But this could be a, if it plays out like I think it will, down to the wire, you're seeing the best of both sides. You're going, okay, this down the stretch, this game might actually matter a whole lot. So really excited about that matchup that's happening uh, later today for most of you that are listening to this podcast. Guys, my final thoughts are defense matters, okay? For all the people in the league and all the teams we've talked about that the defense you just seems worse than even ever before, right? There seems to be, and I go back to that Chiefs game, That what was that high-scoring game that happened two years ago in 2018 that was like 58 to 56? Chiefs-Rams Rams, game. Yeah. And everybody was like, this is the turning of the tide. Everything's going to be offense, blah, 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 blah. And I hated that football game. I hated it. I watched it and I went, this isn't football. If I want to watch this, I'll watch the freaking Big 12 on Saturdays. No, thank you. I did not watch enjoy, I did not enjoy any part of that. Well, guess what happened today? The number one offense went on the road and got their ass whooped. They had a 10 points, a total of 10 points that were scored in the first quarter, and then a whole lot of nothing. You had the Chicago Bears, who played a Carolina Panthers team on the road. That has that Teddy Bridgewater and that offense has been playing really well. The Bears defense showed up and showed up big time. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they knocked that Browns team in the mouth. This was multiple teams that you're looking at. And to me, you are not a contender unless that part of your team can play in big moments. That's it. To me, you cannot be a Super Bowl contender with a half-ass or bottom five. Like Russell Wilson, I love that team is not a contender to me because that defense is a liability. That's how I look at that. You, as special as you are, eventually that part of the team is going to have to show up, and they can't. They, 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 it, is, it is not a part of who they are. 
So I understand that people like points and I understand that it's fun and it's exciting. And the league has moved in that direction. College football in, in general, the, the every, every part of the league has moved in that direction, right? The rules, how things are officiated, everything. But guess what? Football is still football. And when defense matters and these teams, some of the, especially you think about Chicago and Pittsburgh, two old school football teams who've been doing it like that for a long time. It was good to see Tampa Bay, who's a smaller market team, have that nastiness to them as well. Because man, Devin White, Levante David, Nadamakin Sue, just like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it was beautiful to watch. If you don't enjoy watching that, I don't think you're a football fan. Like that to me, the the amount of scheme that goes into a beautiful offensive game plan, the same exact thing happens when you watch Todd Bowles scheme it up against the number one offense, right? Like that, watching that and watching, and then they're going to Todd on the on the on camera, and he's just kind of a quiet guy. He's sitting over there just kind of taking notes or whatever. And I tweeted this gif out of him because I just I in my head I'm thinking about he's just sitting there just kind of internalizing like. Yeah. Okay. Number one offense. Yeah. 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 All these things you guys were all, all, all week long. It's all we heard about. It's all we heard about number one offense, all the record. And that, well, guess what? The storyline coming out of that game. Isn't about the offense. It's about that defense. That defense was unbelievable from start to finish and they deserve all the credit in the world. So defense still matters. The Chicago girl on the show is very happy to report that uh, defense still matters. That's, that's all three of those defenses were spectacular. All three spectacular. And and uh, and at NFL officiating, thank you for taking away Eddie Jackson's other uh, pick six that he's had. So I'm going to count them in the, on on his stats at the end of the year. I'm just going to go in and put two. I'm sure he'll have another one that actually counts, hopefully. But uh, I'm still going to count both of those uh, for those counting at home. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And my one final actual last note that you oh, saw I love on it. Twitter. Uh, for those of you that follow DVOA uh, and all that the NFL likes Aaron Schatz and those guys do over there, according to his numbers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the best game of any team in the NFL this season today. That's interesting. Hard to argue. No, <laughs> no turnovers, no sacks, the, no, the no penalties. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they played the best game of any team in the 2020 season. So that that's that's remarkable there. But yes, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, uh, check out uh, all of the, the rankings and everything else that we have up already. By the way, if you're a cheap, one more cheap plug, because I'm feeling generous tonight. Uh, if you were a TDM premium member, as you're listening to this right now, actually last night, you could see Zach's early waiver wire. You could see my early top 12 in every single position for the next week. You could already be thinking about your rankings and your lineups for next week. If you're a TDN premium member, you don't have to wait to Tuesday morning for my full rankings. You can get a bunch of those on Sunday night, right after Sunday night football. So uh, consider subscribing there. Plus all the other awesome features, mock draft machine trades, all that other fun stuff. But uh, there's some really cool fantasy stuff there as well. I'm here for all the cheap plugs and I am definitely here for the DVOA that showcases that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a unbelievably perfect game against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Beautiful. It's a great thing to see. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? And now that I've had three or four hours to enjoy every minute of it, it doesn't mean shit if you don't kick the Raiders' ass on Sunday Night Football next week. At Arians NFL Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. I'm a little bit more irrational and petty than Jake is, so I'm going to enjoy this victory all week long, both the Bears and the Buccaneers, <laughs> because I can assure you, as I told Henry, our behind-the-scenes intern before you guys jumped on, as much as I love a victory for the Bears, every moment of that game, I'm tense until it ends, right? There were three full quarters of football that I watched Aaron Rodgers get his ass whooped, and it was fantastic. I got to enjoy three full quarters of football where I was like, man, this is so fun to watch. I didn't turn it off. I didn't even think about doing anything else. I was just sitting there like, Man, this is so nice. I know Tua's coming in. Don't care. Really got to dial into this last three minutes of this game. I know, like, that. I did I did not turn it off. I did not turn it off because I wanted to watch every moment of it. So, as I said, uh, Jake can tell you to move on. I'm not moving on. I'm going to enjoy all of this week. So, you guys can follow me and the inevitable pettiness that will occur all throughout this week at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to follow the show at TDN Fantasy. That's where you will find our Monday video show. And be sure to check out everything at thedraftnetwork.com.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.